dynamis. Let us be attentive. O Lord, how magnificent are your works. You have made all things in wisdom. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, you know that a man is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. Even when we have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law shall no one be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we ourselves were found to be sinners, is Christ then an agent of sin? Certainly not. But if I build up again those things which I tore down, then I prove myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Peace be with you, the reader. Wisdom arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Let us be attentive. At that time, there came to Jesus a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. Mm -hmm. And falling at Jesus' feet, he besought him to come to his house, for he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As he went, the people pressed round him, and a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years and had spent all her living upon physicians and could not be healed by anyone, came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment and immediately her flow of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the multitudes surround you and press upon you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone forth from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, 
declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, a man from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear. Only believe, and she will be well. And when he came to the house, he permitted no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and mother of the child. All were weeping and bewailing her. But he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once, and he directed that something should be given her to eat. And her parents were amazed, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Peace be with you, proclaim the gospel. Good morning. In, in, almost, <clears throat> excuse me, in almost every field, you can find an example of jargon. In almost every field, you can find an example of jargon. That is, some word or phrase that may be hard to understand especially to someone outside of that field. Consider these examples. In the medical field, idiopathic really means unknown cause. Or in finance, ROI is return on investment, which is really how much money you make on an investment percentage-wise. In education, scaffolding, really means the way the lesson is structured to move students to a stronger and higher understanding. In construction, assignable square footage really means the amount of square footage that can actually be used by an occupant. Jargon can be frustrating, especially when you are not in the field. It is confusing to outsiders. But in reality, but in reality, jargon is used to express something specific, something telling, something quite important. Engagement, that term, is an example of jargon we often hear like employee engagement. 
Employee engagement is a human resources concept that is defined as the level of enthusiasm and dedication a worker feels toward his or her job. Engaged employees care about their work and about the performance of the company and feel that their efforts make a difference. An engaged employee is in the job for more than a paycheck and may consider their well-being linked to their own performance and thus instrumental to their company's success. There is a powerful mutual benefit between the engaged employee and the organization. Sometimes engagement is boiled down to the three S's. Say, stay, and strive. The first S, say, an employee consistently speaks positively about the employer to co-workers, customers, and job candidates. The second S, stay, an employee has a strong desire to remain with the organization despite having other opportunities. The third S, strive, is when an employee makes an extra effort to contribute to the organization's success. Today, we are exploring what engagement looks like in the church. We must remember, we are much more than employees as Orthodox Christians. If we claim to be God's servants, God's children, God's slaves, really, thulos means slave, there's a huge responsible, the responsibility in claiming that identity. But how can we be engaged servants? We can look at the example of one of the greatest superstar employees, one of the greatest of God's servants, one of the most engaged, St. Paul, the Apostle. In today's epistle lesson, St. Paul wrote, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. St. Paul was crucified with Christ, he says. Engagement, engagement is self-sacrifice. St. Paul noted, it is no longer I who live. There was a major change in St. Paul's life. Effort must be made to be engaged with God. A change of life is necessary. Even St. Paul, although very religious and educated, earlier in Galatians, he, he wrote about how he was beyond his peers in knowledge and uh, in, in knowledge of his former faith, right, as a Jew, as a Jew. He still needed to be crucified for God, to live in a new engaged way for his Lord and Master. Critical components of engagement are self-sacrifice and change of life. We should ask ourselves, are we engaged employees 
engage servants of the Lord? Or do we do the minimum? Do we, do we figuratively run out of the office door as soon as it turns 5 p.m.? Are we the first one on the bus or in the car like five minutes before five as we rush out of the office? Are we like the employees who don't work at self-improvement? Never doing the training or continuing education to learn more? Fight up against improving profit processes? Do we think someone else will pick up the slack? No one can be an exchange, engaged servant of the Lord for us. Sometimes we forget the definition of engagement and neglect to keep our goal of say, stay, and strive. When we describe St. Paul with today's jargon, St. Paul wholeheartedly lived the engagement components of say, stay, and strive. Regarding the first component, say, St. Paul continually spoke of God and his church to friends, strangers, Jews, Gentiles, to those who wouldn't accept the gospel, as well as those who did accept the gospel. He spoke about God as an engaged servant of the Lord. Although he wasn't an eloquent speaker, as he alludes to himself in 1st and 2nd Corinthians, but what he said transformed many around him. And indeed, the course of, of Western civilization. What St. Paul said still touches us and moves us today. The second component, stay. St. Paul was in it for the long haul. He stuck with it through difficult times. He was beaten, rejected, slandered, lied about, all for the sake of the church. He was an engaged servant and stuck with it. As he wrote in today's epistle, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. His whole life was transformed for the mutual benefit to himself and to the church. St. Paul would stay with it. The third component, strive. St. Paul strove for the church despite many factors against him. St. Paul wrote, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. St. Paul was motivated by his recognition of what God had already done for him and what he continues to do for him. His life benefited the church just as the church benefited him. St. Paul wrote in today's epistle, 
The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The life of this engaged servant, St. Paul, stemmed from his realization of what God has already done and continues to do. St. Paul recognized what God did for him and he couldn't help but strive for his church. But what does say, stay, and strive, uh, these aspects of engagement, look like in regard to our time here at St. Mary's in the community and also in our daily lives? How can we be engaged servants of God? producing a relationship of mutual benefit between us and the church. Soon you will receive a beautiful flyer produced by our own stewardship committee, and I thank them for their work. They have provided some key examples of engagement. Listen to these carefully. Engage with your family in prayer at home. That is the say component. Engage in relationships with your St. Mary's family. That is the stay component. Engage with your full being in the many worship opportunities. That is the strive component. Engage in studying your faith. That, again, is the strive component component. Engage in a ministry. Again, that is a strive component of engagement. Say, stay, strive. Let us honestly ask ourselves if we are engaged servants of Christ and his holy church, his body. The term engagement should not remain jargon to us. Intellectually, but more importantly, experientially, let it come a reality. Let our engagement with Christ's holy church become, as St. Paul put it, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. May we, too, imitating St. Paul, live a truly engaged life in the church. Amen. That ever guarded by your might, we may offer glory to you. To the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, now and forever, and to the ages of ages.